0: Hello and welcome to Where Many Have Gone Before, the podcast where I, John D. Ruddy, watch Star Trek for the very first time. If you haven't already, please rate our podcast on Apple Music or subscribe on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this. This podcast was kindly sponsored by my patrons on Patreon. If you wish to support this podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash John D. Ruddy. On top of that, you'll be supporting many of my creative endeavours, including the YouTube series Manyman Man Does History. You're all very welcome to this week's episode, which is indeed the final episode of our first season you're wondering but we talked about the last two episodes last week but this week we shall be talking myself and Mr. Michael Eddy who will be joining me again we will be talking about season one as a whole but more importantly as the internet likes to do I'm going to give my countdown of preference going all the way to what my number one favourite episode of season one is can you guess already? This being the season finale, please let me know what you think. I will be taking a little break from where many have gone before. For now, just and 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 let people discover this first season. And if you have just discovered this first season, please let me know. Go and chat to me on Twitter at John D. Ruddy, and let me know what you think. Already, I have plans and plots for season two including quite a few special guests for the next season. So that's exciting. But let me know. The, the, more, the more demand I hear for season two, the quicker I'll make it. So without further ado, I will pass you over to my past self talking with Mr. Michael, the joys of editing, and enjoy this season finale. See you on the other side. Hello and welcome to our season one finale and we are joined today by well I mean we couldn't have anybody else I, I already I passed him over for the first appearance of the Romulans and the first appearance of the Klingons I felt really bad
1: <gasps> terrible
0: but Michael you have been with me through most of this most of the season yes Michael Letty for this journey holding your hand yeah you, don't
1: be afraid John it gets better
0: <laughs> how are you doing
1: I'm doing very well. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts and I have some ideas here of what it might be but I want to hear your top 30 and your particularly your top five but also uh, just in general it's going to be interesting to see what episodes you don't like and if they match the three episodes that I don't like which I really don't like.
0: Yes oh well we, we shall see we shall see. So first of all before we dive into this Michael, this is not the only podcast that you are featured in. Tell me more.
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Well, I uh, myself and a couple of other gentlemen who are stand-up comedians. I am also a stand-up comedian and I have been for many years. And uh, we do a... It's just on Facebook, but it's called The Recasting Couch. And it's sort of a game show, like Have I Got News For You or one of those. So the... Format is really just an excuse for us to kind of riff and have a bit of fun. So we take TV shows like Cheers or Golden Girls or Only Fools and Horses and we just recast them. Probably with a twist. So we might say, what if it's all women (laughs) or what if it's all whatever. And we just have a bit of fun for a half hour and it's very funny and we do that uh, pretty much every second
0: week. So like recasting... Arnold Schwarzenegger in as Basil Fawlty, for example. Hundred percent, exactly. Yeah, and each one. Yes, yes. Just no. justifi- what do you want now? Just read, yes. read the menu. It's right there.
1: We could have you in as a guest. Actually, that was not a bad one. That's oh, I'd love one. that. That would be a lot of fun. fun. <laughs>
0: um,
1: so yeah, and we 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 just a- again we do. I, I'm i the quiz master, as it were, but half the time I don't even bother adding up the scores. We just have a bit of fun, but it is funny. Exactly. They're the fun. About, they're
0: the best ones.
1: We've done about 10, 12 of them at this stage, and I think about eight or nine of them are already, we're about three or four ahead, you know, yourself. And yes. the other thing I do, I do a Marvel-based podcast, and we've recorded 16 of those. We've banked those, and I'm as I record this with you, I'm in the preparation of editing and starting to put those up, and that's called Marvel K.O.F., which is Marvel Keeper of the Flame, which is one of those old acronyms that Marvel used to give out to its fans in the Ah, pages. Yes, And it's based on myself and a good friend of mine, Porik, who is familiar with Marvel through the movies and the TV shows. And so we had this idea where I just give him a trade paperback and recommend Uh about six issues. And it's a way to introduce Porik to the Marvel universe I've been collecting. And reading Marvel comics since I was eight years old. So I'm fairly well versed. I've read every comic yeah. that Marvel put out in the 1970s. And I do mean every wow. comic. And I've read wow. every comic that Marvel put out in the 1980s. Because I'm doing the complete
0: Marvel... And you've slapped them all down onto a yes. table. So I review
1: them myself. I have a blog and I <laughs> slap them down and make rustly noise on in my Instagram. But um I've reviewed them all. I've reviewed like my my site now has something like six thousand comic book reviews because I review everything. So that's everything oh, from the seventies, wow. everything from the eighties. And then against that you've got Porrick, who is like a novice who only knows Daredevil from the T V show and only knows, you know, characters. Yes. So we talk about so we've done sixteen of those, but sixteen ninety minute shows. And the plan is to do at least 26. That'll be the end of season two. And then we may probably do a third season. We'll see how it goes of 13. We block it into the Brilliant. of 13. And where
0: can people find Marvel K.O.F.?
1: I haven't put any up yet. So none of them have been broadcast. And I don't know yet what platforms. I'm going to fix pick something in the next week or two probably. And then I suppose it will be accessible to places like iTunes. I, I don't yeah. know to be honest with you. As of this moment here. All sixteen episodes are just MP threes on my computer. Nothing has been done with them. That was the plan because yeah. Poric But is people soon will be become, listening in the future. They'll be listening in the future. So I was looking actually last night. There's like nine or ten different options for putting out podcasts. Yeah. I'm just gonna pick one and go with Fair it. And set up a website. Go with it, yeah. I'll probably use YouTube as a backup and I'll pro- so on YouTube yeah. it'll probably be there and I'll probably put some images like stills of the covers and that kind of stuff. So it will be on YouTube and I'll either use, I have a Facebook page for my reviews, which already has hundreds of subscribers. So it, I may just tie the two in together rather than start Good a idea. new Facebook page. So yes, yeah. another comic book on Facebook is just another, and that's the Tumblr address as well. Yes, another comic com. If you want to read thousands, and I do mean thousands of uh, reviews of Marvel Comics from the 60s, particularly the 70s, and up as of this moment, I am finishing 1988, and I am about 20, 30 comics into 1989. Fantastic. That's hardcore.
0: That's hardcore.
1: Yeah, it's hardcore. Like, in order to maintain that pace, I need to read about four comics a day, which isn't too bad when you settle into the routine. Like, I always yeah. read in bed, so I always get one or two done at night, last thing, and like you know, at different times of the day, like I can pretty much match a pace of maybe three, like match a pace of four comics a day. And for most of Marvel Comics output, if you read four comics a day through the year, you pretty much get to four years worth of comics in a year. Like mathematically. Yes, yes. Except for the really busy periods of the late 90s,
0: 93 and then later on. But we all know that Marvel kind of w- jumped off the deep end in the mid 90s, didn't they? Nearly bankrupted Oh, they them. went bananas.
1: Bankrupted themselves. They really did. Yeah. Because they had this crazy idea that if, if people liked Ghost Rider, hey, let's bring out five other Ghost Rider titles that are similar to Ghost Rider. Because surely they'll all sell as well.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: turns out after three years, everything was collapsing. So, Ouch. yeah, they went bananas around 93. And then everything kind of collapsed by 96. And they were mm-hmm. selling off the rights to Spider-Man to like Sony. Gosh. That'll never bite them in the ass. I know.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of making predictions, you have some predictions of what my top five uh, episodes of season one may be. What do you think? I'm going to give it a rough guess here. Now, I've not heard all your
1: reviews, but I can imagine how you might have liked some of the episodes, because at this moment, I I wasn't there for all of them. Um, But I would imagine, like... I don't know if I'll give them in top five. I'll just give you the five, and you can we can figure an order. I'd say yeah, give them the would five. Say yeah. Devil, in the Dar- Devil in the dark. Devil in the dark has got to be in your top five. I would say that's in your top five. I would say might maneuver, which I think you really liked at the start. That's probably in your top five because it hits the ground running. I think sitting on the edge of forever, which I know you enjoyed, might be in your top five. And I'm gonna say maybe errand of mercy might be a top five for you. And I'm pretty confident that Space Seed will be a top five for you. And just while I'm on the subject, I'm going to give you my bottom three because I think they're probably your bottom three as well. So I would expect, as we do this list, I would expect to hear the names Alternative Factor pretty quick because I don't like that episode. I would expect to hear maybe Sure Leave pretty quick because I don't like that episode at all. And the third episode I don't like is Tomorrow Is Yesterday. Because the ending makes no sense, and I think I'm going to hear you mention its name pretty fast as well. So I think that's the bottom. I think that's those three will be definitely in your bottom ten. I would okay. say. Okay.
0: Right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll give you this now. You have made some good predictions, and there are most certainly going to be some surprises in this countdown. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So now for the record I have included the menagerie part one and part two as one unit. I I okay. think had I have if I had not have seen the cage, I may have I may have different thoughts of them, but because yeah, I'll just I've I have linked them together. So we're starting at number twenty nine.
1: And you've oh right, and just the question is and have you and you have included the cage. Yes. I have
0: included the cage, yes.
1: Ah, yeah, the cage is great. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's an interesting one. Okay, so I about that
0: actually, coming in at number twenty nine, the alternative factor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it it just it went in circles. It was a cool concept, but it was so poorly executed. Like they were up on the ship, and then they were down on the planet, and then they went back up onto the ship, and then they were back down on the planet, and then they were up on the ship, and then they were back down on the planet again. Oh man, this episode enraged me to no end and like terrible villain like he was barely a oh, villain like this I was is gonna, the I was waiting.
1: i was waiting for you to finish i was going to say isn't the villain the
0: worst ah oh, he is just like because yeah there's just nothing like there's no threat about it like myself and frank we went over the idea that we, we essentially were like, this is like a first draft. You could rewrite this into a much better episode where perhaps the two figures exist in the same reality and the closer they get to each other, the more rumbly-rumbly the existence becomes and elements like that. But, oh man, it was so bad. Hated it. And I think particularly given that it was, you know, on either side of excellent episodes it just fell all the further in my favor if i had to this maybe in the first couple of episodes i may have been a little bit more lenient on it that being said this was the first time i watched star trek where i was i literally wrote in my notes i am bored oh yeah yeah
1: yeah i'm not surprised yeah not surprised so it's a great choice for yeah. last <laughs>
0: So number twenty-eight. You're going to disagree with this, but you may not. You may not be surprised, given the way that I spoke about this episode. Mud's women. Oh
1: yeah, I'm not. I like it. Yeah, right. I like it. But I, yeah. know, of course, I didn't like mud's didn't women like it at all. Yes,
0: yes, yes. It was clunky. I didn't like mud. It had a, shall we say, a very <clears throat> muddy message at the end. See what you did there. It's. Yeah, it just nah, I, I I I didn't like it. It was yeah. And you know the good news, ah, did very you get li- to see Mud again. Hooray! Yes, I know. I noticed. I noticed. I e. Mud is the name is the name of an episode. So I look forward to that. Uh, maybe maybe he will redeem Mud's women a little bit more. We shall see. Number twenty seven. Sure leave. Ah, fair enough. Yes. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. It doesn't work, does it? it I mean, no sleazy McCoy that
0: being said yeah it's bizarre but I didn't hate it like this is the thing I didn't hate this episode but it was strange it was a welcome breath of fresh air where they placed it in the season like it was really nice because I think there were a couple of episodes either side of it which were quite heavy that it was nice it was nicely placed in this regard but at the same time it was weird McCoy was super creepy in this particularly given the fact that like, it would have been one thing if the planet was manipulating the way that they acted. Yes. But it was more so It was simply giving them what they wanted. That it was the fact that McCoy was consciously acting like this on his own volition, which made it super creepy. And I don't know which is mm, worse.
1: The moment where he tells the lady, you go change over there. I won't peek, but if I do peek, it's okay because I'm a doctor. Or I know when he it's shows like, up at the yeah. end with the two play by bunnies, and he's like, "This is it. <laughs> this is the business." I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's not dear. McCoy, is I? It's not my no. McCoy. Not my no. McCoy. No.
0: Hashtag not my McCoy." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, number twenty six, Charlie X.
1: Whoa. Okay.
0: Yeah, Shocked? I mean, yeah, yeah, like I I mean, I did enjoy this, but I found Charlie was just a little bit too annoying and whingy for me to put it any higher. And I, I it was very early Trek, very early Star Trek. Yeah, like Charlie was just a very unlikable scrappy do. Interesting <laughs> at some points and it did have some points to make. And particularly when he goes on his, you know, mental power um, rampage, some of the effects are super creepy, like where he turns the lady into an old lady or um, has one of the people just lose their face. Super creepy. Um, like, like this is the thing now. The Alternative Factor and Mud's Women were the only two that I disliked. All the rest are my, you know, th- this. So, Charlie X is my 26th favorite. Yes. Yes, I know what you mean. In that regard, yeah, yeah. it it only
1: suffers by comparison to the fact that there are twenty five much better episodes. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah.
0: Yes, and number twenty five. Here you go. Tomorrow is yesterday. There you go. Yeah. So this man, this managed to beat Charlie X because I'm a history nerd and because I'm a sucker for a good time travel story unfortunately this is not a good time travel story the end of it like the fact that the fact that it's a mess of their own making from the word go where they bring him on board and say hey look look, at, this look at the ship isn't it look at this stuff isn't it neat you know and it's and then it's like oh we probably shouldn't have showed him all of this stuff funnily enough and then yeah and then I found the whole sneaking into the base got a little bit long and repetitive at some points as well. So, yeah. And then the end of it just makes very little sense. And it was very frustrating.
1: And here's an observation. And and like, like I'm not saying I'm an expert on Star Trek or Marvel Comics or anything, but I have been watching Star Trek for 40 years, like more than 40 years. So it's interesting to see that you, a complete newbie, our tastes are quite aligned. We pretty much, of your bottom five, yes. the three that I don't, that I really, really hate, yep. are in your top five. Yeah, so they're you're, in there. You're, you're a yeah, pretty absolutely. typical, if I'm a typical Star Trek fan, then you're also a pretty typical Star Trek fan because you know the ones that don't work.
0: There you go. So, number 24, The Man Trap. Okay, fair enough, yeah. You know, it's it's fun early Trek, uh, mon- very monster of the week, the shapeshifter. Like it's there's there was just nothing in it in my mind to bump it up any further on this list for me. You know, any. Yeah, I
1: can't see it being in anyone's top ten, to be honest. And it's a good yeah.
0: episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's good, but there's just nothing in it that just makes it more interesting than anything that follows in my mind. And opinion. I've always
1: been mystified because it was produced like fifth, but I'm like. Why did NBC put that one out first? That's the first yeah. episode that aired, and although I do like it, I would not have picked it out of the first ten episodes as
0: being. Yes. Oh,
1: that's the obvious single there. That's the hit they yeah. put that out.
0: Yeah, maybe they were putting it out first while people weren't watching Star Trek as much, you know. <laughs> so, so, so that, so that they they were maybe it was like damage control, so that as momentum built. They didn't stumble on the man trap later, possibly. Anyway, number twenty three, the cage. Right. It's the very first, the very first episode. The I mean, it it's it's not properly defined yet. Um, it's, you know, a lot of its flaws are a very fundamental, you know, probably a fundamental reason why it didn't get picked up at this point, which is fair. I find Pike isn't half. And as interesting a protagonist as Kirk is, you know he's he's very much a nineteen sixties kind of typical TV show protagonist in my mind. You know, just this kind of Devonair. Oh yes, I'm going to do something to save the day. You know, whereas Kirk, like William Shatner, just brings an extra something to Kirk. And there's a, I find there's a lot more to Kirk. Whereas Pike was bland particularly in comparison to kirk so um yeah and and also just the fact that it lacks the captain's log the show struggles a little bit more to get to get across what pike is going through at any one time you know i mean it's a in in some regards it's a very lazy uh, form of storytelling with the captain's log, but on the other hand it's very effective TV storytelling particularly well, particularly for 1960s TV so yeah so that, that so the cage is there cage is 23
1: yeah makes sense I agree I mean I like that episode a lot but you're right I mean you are right it suffers by comparison to what comes later
0: number 22 The Naked Time mm-hmm. very silly episode and yeah and I find even just the title of it is a bit of a... I'm not a fan of of episodes where the the title of the episode seems to only really be in context to the last five minutes. And, like, the naked time... Because the entire first two-thirds of the episode is essentially a madness outbreak on the ship, and it has nothing to do with time, uh, unless it's referring to Sulu running around half-naked... Um, you know on board with his uh, with his rapier and um, so it's like maybe that's what it was referring to it was a lot of fun watching Kirk uh, getting so annoyed with the insubordination uh, from the guy down in engineering again an early example of the Enterprise being taken over from the engineering room sorted out lads it's not a good design just a
1: lock on the door would really make a lot of these yeah. episodes go away <laughs>
0: And also then at the very end of the episode, time travel, you know, just just thrown in there at the end. Oh, by the way, we can travel through time now. I just felt it was a little bit clunky. 21. Operation Annihilate.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So as I said, as I said, this feels like early Trek, but at an evolved form. And if you look at where it is, you know, here it is now, it's number 21. So, you know, it's it's in my my bottom 10, but it is the top of the bottom 10 yeah. in that regard. It's interesting, it of.
1: didn't quite make the top 20. Um, I mean, I wouldn't see it as a top 10 episode. I would see it as a top 20 episode, but not much higher than yeah. this. Not much higher, not much higher. I mean, it's, yes. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, like, you know, final episode of the series, it was a great evolution of the Monster of the Week format, you know, um, which is what i liked about it and you can see how far they've come but at the same time it to me it doesn't it doesn't have the same thought provocation that most of the episodes to follow do have you know this episode doesn't really get you thinking much beyond what if a giant jellyfish <laughs> space monster came and turned everybody crazy like you know there weren't a lot of crazy moral dilemmas that weren't solved almost instantly. It's like Spock, you know, Spock's going in here. He could be he could be blinded. And then he comes out, oh, he's blinded. What are we going to do? Next scene, he's not blind anymore. You know, it, it, was, it was clunky at parts. Episode 20. Well, not episode 20. Number 20. Miri. Oh, yeah. Miri. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, that's a top 20 episode easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So... I again I said this in the previous episode the kids were very underestimated in the writing I would have much preferred to have seen an advanced or a developed society run by children rather than rather than expecting children would live as feral children in a little like there was a great series it was an Australian series I can't remember the name of it. Oh, what was it, it was like, it was like the outlaws, but it wasn't the outlaws, but it was essentially it was the same concept. All the adults had had um, died and as as the characters reached into later adolescence, they too would die. there was a, there was a virus. And so it was essentially it was a society run by children. Oh, what was it called the tribe? The tribe, yes, the tribe. There we go. That's what it was. Okay, I never uh, heard of it.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. Okay,
0: yeah. I, I mean, you know, it was a kids' show in the late '90s. You probably missed it for yeah, 19... reasons of being being an adult. Being an
1: adult. <laughs> you know? oh, well, I I would watch. I would watch anything. Two hundred and sixty episodes. Wow.
0: And there was a yeah. sequel. It, yeah, it it went on for a while. Yeah, Yeah, and there's a sequel series called The New Tomorrow. Oh, I did not know that. I mean, I i i hit adolescence and I grew out of watching this show, I think. But still, like, that show did a much better... Like, I'd say if I... I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I would... But that show did a much better job of showing a society run by kids. I mean... Peter Pan does a better job of showing a society run by kids, you know. So yeah, that that was my major problem with Mary. Uh, Mary herself was the only well-rounded character out of the kids I found, mm-hmm. and it was an interesting concept. I'm still weirded out by this whole thing of it's Earth, but different, you know. I'm I'm hoping that in later in later years there will be an explanation to this. Like, they may retcon this episode or, you know, that it is another dimension or something. Because one thing, if it was... You know, like, I didn't mind, you know, the like, Return of the Archons, where it was an Earth-like planet. But the fact that this planet was Earth just really bugged me. It bugs me, too. It bugs this idea
1: of... Yeah,
0: it does. It bugs me to...
1: and you're hoping that they'll explain that at some point. Okay, I'm not going to comment. Just
0: leave that hanging. Excellent. Well, excellent. No, That's nice. No, I, maybe,
1: maybe they don't explain okay. it. <clears> okay.
0: <throat> yeah. So number nineteen. Speaking of which, the return of the Archons. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yay, purge, purge planet. Yeah, go on. Yeah.
1: No, exactly. and again, another Earth type situation. So they fit together very yes. well. Those two.
0: Yeah, they do actually. You know, nice science fiction. Um, even if it is a little bit kind of over the top and it's commie bashing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. But I felt this one was very much of its time. Like it felt very Cold War 1960s. But I mean, it was Cold War 1960s, so I should not be surprised. Number 18. Speaking of commie bashing, This Side of Paradise. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I really liked this episode. Don't get me wrong. I really liked this episode. Um, Spock and his emotions. It was great seeing that. Um, Nimoy really hit it out of the park in this episode. Uh, More more straw man commie bashing. Uh, But not not even... I think... and, And this was something I didn't really catch or really get into when I was talking about it with Niall. But where Archons seems to be more talking about like structural, you know... Um, structural communism and the state running everything and all and and that kind of thing. This one seems to be more of a bash towards hippie culture, which right. was very much of its time. You know, yeah, yeah. people, hey, let's all go live in a commune and be chill. You know, so I th- I think this could have uh, could have just been as much a a, a bash at hippies, kind of going, look, I mean, you can all sit down and be friends for a while, but. You're not going to accomplish anything without getting up off your arse and actually doing something. Once you're finished chilling out, so I'm grinning here. It's, and it's
1: not a spoiler, but uh, there will be space hippies again in Star Trek. <laughs>
0: space hippies, I love it. Yes, Excellent. We'll see them. Yeah, the later
1: um, episode with hippies.
0: Very good. Episode se- uh, number seventeen. The Menagerie part 1 and part 2 I'm uh, linking them together.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, as I yeah. think I said to you, I'm holding I'm doing a rewatch and I'm holding that those yes. off. I've skipped that in order production order. Yes. I'll probably watch them as a movie at Christmas, you know, put them together some night and watch them. Yeah, yeah they work they work as a, as as an entity, so I can understand that. And it is a good episode and yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it is. Oh, it is. And as I said as well, it may have been higher on this list had I not seen the cage already. Mhm. You know, I think the basic the basic thing of being suspicious of Spock and trying to work out what was going on, because I had seen the cage, I knew what was on that planet, I knew what was there. You could surmise very quickly. Spock is trying to bring Pike there so that he can live out in a in a fantasy world in his mind because his existence seems to be quite miserable. Yes. Um so yeah, so in that regard it was, it was predictable, but that's because I'd seen it. So, um, otherwise it may have been a little bit higher on the list. Number 16. Here you go. Here's a, here's a, uh, shock. This is, this, this, this yeah, this is going to shock you. Space Seed.
1: No way. I
0: am shocked. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's really low for you. Like in
0: terms of. Yeah, I mean yeah, did you it, it, it? it didn't make my it didn't make I did enjoy it. You see, this is the thing. Um like yeah, Iconic villain, absolutely. It would be higher on the list, but I just felt it was a little bit clunky at points. Yeah, I just thought that there were certain elements of it. Maybe it was because I was sitting there with twenty twenty hindsight going, Oh, it's can get to the point where where it's can. But I I just I just found there were certain elements of the episode which it just felt a little bit clunky. And I think because of Wrath of Khan, this episode may be higher on a lot of people's lists. Okay. If you know what I mean. yeah, because it's like you a know? one-two punch. Because this, yeah. yeah, this is the prelude to a much better story. And yes, Khan is excellent in this. But I think the episode as a whole, if... If Wrath of Khan did not exist, I think th- this is this this is this is where it lies for me. Given that I have not watched Wrath of Khan yet in my like, I mean, I've, I'm I'm trying to actively block out as much of what I have seen, the little that I have seen, I'm trying to block it out. And so this is this is where this is where um, Space Seed personally lay for me. I loved it, but. There you go, 16. But there, are,
1: you loved it, fair enough, but there are 15 episodes that are just better. That's fair enough. I mean, yeah, I think it's probably, it would be in a top 10 for me, but again, I'm probably doing exactly what you said, linking it with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Episode 15, The Squire of Gothos. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. V- uh, very silly. The history nerd in me just really really appreciated this you know and yeah fair enough there's a lot for a history nerd to appreciate in spacey too i'll I'll, I'll give you that but uh, it was loads of fun very silly very over the top the twist ending was fantastic uh really really enjoyed it yeah it was uh, yeah i i I just i just really enjoyed this episode um the 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 main character the, the squire himself he was just ridiculous and he was having a lot of fun oh, yeah. playing that
1: character. Great performer, yeah, Campbell, yeah, fantastic.
0: So, episode 14, Dagger of the Mind.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a good that's a good drama. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So
0: I I liked this episode because for me, this was where the show began to get really good. This was where the show began to subvert expectations as the the phrase has become well worn in the last couple of years but this was where you know the episode opens with an escaped convict coming up from this prison and you're like oh is this what the episode's going to be and it turns out no this is only the beginning this it's a it's about to turn into a much more cerebral um look at rehabilitation at psychiatry at a lot of different things and it was really really good science fiction in that regard and that's why why it it landed where it did for me
1: and you get a great um guest performance as well the the the, the guy who comes up like in terms yes of morgan woodward it, it's a pretty amazing performance it's yes. really theatrical but it's great
0: yes number 13 Where no man has gone before. Ah, yes, yes, yes. The second pilot. The second pilot. Very big story. The birth of a god. Adam and Eve. And indeed, yes, the second pilot. And the first with Kirk and company. And yeah, you can see... Yeah, so it really impressed me how... and, And even thinking back to it, just how much of trek that was laid out in that episode and what would become staple trek was right there from uh from the word go or at least from the word go again and um yeah it was really good and uh very yeah just a very big very big uh story and i also loved how the end of it was the exact same as return of the jedi (laughs) number 12 court martial
1: wow that's that's high it's a good episode but that's that's high
0: I loved yeah, it you did, yeah. I loved it I um great drama I, I think maybe it is because I've been watching a lot of legal eagles that I've been really into my courtroom dramas and I really loved engaging with the objection speculation um but uh yeah I really engaged with this one um i loved how the the roller coaster that it brings the journey that it brings you on doubting kirk where initially for ages you're like well well kirk trusts himself then i trust kirk but then once that seed of doubt is planted in the doctored Mm -hmm. recording then kirk begins to doubt himself and you're like oh no kirk if you're not happy i'm not happy i thought that was really really good and yeah just really nice character dynamics in that episode and also great science fiction with regards talking about artificial intelligence and about computer autonomy and a lot of a lot of uh, talking points that are still so relevant to this day, which I thought was very very good. Number eleven, the Galileo Seven. Ah, yeah
1: yes 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 very good it's a very good episode yeah it's a real change of pace yes this is a
0: a, yeah great spock episode it was fantastic it really explored spock it really gave spock a lot of room to it's showing spock as a leader which i thought was great because you know spock is always the the wingman but in this case spock is down there making the life and death decisions And it's interesting when you see Spock making life and death decisions and everybody else's reaction going, dude, you are cold as ice. And then ultimately his character arc for that episode where he takes a risk where he doesn't know if this is going to work or not, but he takes a risk and it pays off and it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And and this is and this is so high up on my list, despite the absolutely terrible aliens in it. <laughs> the big spear-throwing, unseen, giant cavemen people. But I'm
1: gathering, because yeah. I can see now what ten episodes you haven't mentioned. And obviously, terrible-looking aliens are not a problem for you in your top ten. Cause,
0: uh, oh, uh... no, they are not. <laughs> absolutely not. Speaking of which, number ten, Arena.
1: Is it okay? Okay, so that's
0: yeah. Yes, classic, cheesy, iconic. Uh, I think the reason why it's not higher is just the pacing was a little drawn out. um But at the same time, I loved it. I, I feel, yeah, no, it, it probably, yeah, because on one hand, I'm like, you know, they they could have gotten to the fight with the Gorn sooner. But then at the same time, it was a lovely, it was lovely change yeah. of pace at the same time where the first half is Star Trek up on a ship. Oh, somebody's hailing us what's going to happen here. And then the second half of the episode is complete yes. refresh. It is, we're down yeah. on a planet and and Kirk is MacGyvering a, a shotgun it's great fun. I mean, with it's diamonds. It's a great
1: fun episode. It is a top 10 episode. I'd agree with that. And it's, yes. it's it's that fun of the, the yeah. battle at the end, obviously, with the Gorn, but also the fact that they're in one place and then they're in somewhere completely different. It's a big episode.
0: Yes. Oh, big time. Big time. Number nine. This may shock you. Errand of Mercy.
1: Okay. Well, I, I'm a bit low in the top yeah. ten, but I, it is a top ten episode. So I see. Yeah. Yeah. It,
0: yeah made, made, made the top ten. Yeah. So first appearance of the Klingons. Nice introduction to a classic Trek villainous empire. It was a little bit long-winded at times. Mm -hmm. And it was great to see a fierce foe for Kirk to face off against um, in the form of Kor. He was a very good villain. And great conclusion. I love just these higher beings giving the Federation and the Klingon Empire, a slap on the wrist saying, guys, wise up. Stop blowing each other up because you're very annoying. Um, (laughs) I love that. You know, it was a wonderful, a wonderful anti-war sentiment. And uh, I thought it was very good. But yeah, the reason why it's maybe just a little bit higher. Again, I think this may land on other people's top fives. I think, again, because of the context of later yes, Klingons of and, you know, and this being this is the first of the Klingons. Whereas for me, yeah, I've seen bits of Klingons elsewhere, but this was technically my first time seeing Klingons in the show. Of so course, you're right. We have a different that, This is all, yeah. all I've. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah.
1: next generation, Ronald D. Moore really brought the Klingon culture to life. And that then has really informed yes. how we look at it. And Star Trek Discovery, like pretty much the entire first season is just a long Klingon arc. So, I mean, the Klingons are huge now. So, ah. it's hard to watch it without having that association
0: for me. Okay. Interesting. So, uh, number eight, A Taste of Armageddon. Ah,
1: okay. The thing is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great episode. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah excellent science fiction great concept brilliant critique on the banality of war i just thought it was absolutely fantastic made it made you think it made you think multiple times about multiple different things um just how you know to question your customs to question where does your custom come from why do you do this thing you know question your culture Like, well, that's just the way it is. It's like, yeah, but why is that? And can we not change it? Is this better or is this worse? What are the alternatives? I just love that that concept in the episode. Number seven, The Conscience of the King.
1: Ah, another strong drama. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: Shakespeare, you know, I mean, it, it had me with Shakespeare, but exploration of rehabilitation can one atone for their sins you know should one be able to just disappear into anonymity or should he have to stand for his crimes hiding one's past very very good episode and his daughter as well was very very good performance and uh, yeah love this episode it was really really good really strong and, uh, and a wonderfully tragic ending too Mm, mm. Number six, the Devil in the Dark.
1: Ah, well, I knew it would be up there. Somewhere. Yes, I, I didn't hear. I, I didn't hear your views on it, but I can imagine that you.
0: Ah, uh, oh, I love this. This, this to me is one of the kind of quintessential Star Trek's for me. I've, I felt it was just really, really cool. I loved um, just the cheesy monster of the week. Well, it it starts off as a cheesy monster of the week and like a slasher movie, but it ends up with a message showing the value in compassion and cooperation. Like, ah, oh, the ending of it was so good. The fact that the might, like, it wasn't even just a case of, oh, leave the slugs to their planet. And, or what, what were they called? The, uh, the hag, what, what were they called? Hort, Horta. Horta, yeah, leave the Horta to their planet and move elsewhere. But the fact that they were they were both able to help each other and get a lot out of it from each other, I was like, this is great. This is teaching cooperation, uh, you know, as long as one doesn't ultimately end up subjugating the other in a problematic slave um, relationship, as history has sometimes done in the past. But hopefully, hopefully, we will, we will imagine that the... Humans and Horta lived and worked together peacefully forever. Um, Let's see. Number five. What are little girls made of?
1: Ah, yes, 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 yes.
0: Great science fiction. I loved the exploration of artificial intelligence, the idea of different generations of artificial intelligence, of how the machines, the, the cyborgs, um the androids andrea the android i just remember that um how they don't quite get why people are emotional or you know it's like that that's a lot of hard work and even though it's it's actually it's uh bringing me to terminator 2 <laughs> i know now why you cry um but interestingly enough actually the the just the idea of a big giant hulking um Robot uh, or act a giant ro- uh, giant hulking actor playing a robot was uh, very much in there as well. With uh, Lurch, yeah, yep. uh, what was his name? Rock, wasn't it? The character, uh, yes, oh, yeah. uh,
1: massive android, Rock, R U K, Rock. Yeah, yes. I'm gonna a memory alpha here just for remembering. And of course, you obviously like as well, see, and I'm gathering again from what's not mentioned so far, you like to see William Shatner playing a Kirk who's not quite Kirk as well.
0: So That's true. Interestingly enough, I didn't, I didn't choose, um, that's actually quite coincidental because I didn't pick this for uh, okay. that. But uh, yeah, you are, you are spotting one of them that is coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, what yeah what are little girls made of yeah i love that idea that it explores of improving humanity and that's something that spacey did as well where um what are little girls made of is trying to again terrible title though i hate the title Um, yeah it's not a great title no um, but it's
1: it's just the nursery rhyme that is probably just so well known that it's just yeah yeah that's just and it's just uh, you know it's just a thing that
0: people it's a hook yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, I love just that idea of tr- of improving humanity and how this is the next step in human evolution and things like that. It's very, very intriguing concepts that again are still so very relevant, if not even more today. More today, you know? I
1: agree. And the other thing about this episode, just going back to what we talked about in a previous episode, Nurse Chapel appears in this episode. That's the same ah. actress, Michelle Barrett. But she now in in your defence, she only appears three times in season one. Yes. So you've only seen her in three episodes, four yeah. if you count um, the, the cage. appearance in the the cage. But for me, it's different because she then appears, and I looked it up earlier. She then appears in twenty four of the upcoming episodes. So she's ah. basically in half of the episodes from season two and season three. Like she's there every other week, basically. Gotcha. So she did 27 appearances as, as Nurse Chapel. So, yeah, for you in season one, she doesn't quite make as big an impact as, say, Janice Rand, who's there like half the time. Yeah, ex- yeah time. exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. But in terms of classic Trek, for most of us, it's like, oh, that's Nurse Chapel because she's there.
0: We think of her as being there all the time. You get to see more of her moving forward. Excellent. Very good. I look forward to that. So, um, number four. The city on the edge of forever. Oh, ah, yeah. so good! Great time travel story. Great love story. I love the ideas of alternate history and how and how it explores there being a right time for peace, and you know, there's there's a right time to sit down and do something peacefully, but then there's also a right time to stand up and fight. And I, I quite, I quite like that because again, you know, I'm, I'm very much a kind of, I would be quite a pacifist or a a be very much anti-war anyway. Um, but at the same time, it there, there, there have been times in history where humanity did, could not have afforded to sit back and world war two was one of them. And, um, Yeah, I just thought it was an excellent episode and Joan Collins was fantastic in it and Kirk and her were just wonderful. And you really, you really believed that Kirk fell in love with her. You know, Mm -hmm. that was that it was a very powerful love story. And that's that's a lot, given how many women that Kirk has that (laughs) Kirk has gone through uh so far in in this one season alone in the one season alone, yeah um, and the fact that it's him that stops McCoy from saving mm. her is just excellent master stroke. tragedy
1: it's a real tragedy oh, it's proper tragedy proper
0: so tragedy. sad and and McCoy and McCoy asks you know, he's like, do you know what you've done?" And Spock is—he knows, and it's like, oh no, you know. And again, Spock showing empathy. I, like I love these these little moments where they just they let Spock's humanity uh, peek out, and it's it's the times when they don't point it out is the times when it's the most powerful. I think. Yep, you I know.
1: agree. I agree. That's part of the appeal of the character. You mentioned yes. alternative history, yeah. And I I meant to ask you this before. Are you or did you watch For All Mankind, the TV no. series? And it has a Star Trek connection because Ronald D. Moore is like regarded as one of the great writers, producers of Star okay. Trek, Next Generation, and he was the guy behind the Klingon Empire. For yeah. All Mankind is on the Apple Plus platform. Okay. It's one of their shows. And it's an alternative history of what NASA could have done in the 70s and 80s. Ah,
0: you were telling me about this before. It's brilliant.
1: Brilliant. It's brilliant. I finished it last night. I finished the first season oh. last night. It ended up in 1983 and it's 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 absolutely one of my top shows on TV. It's wonderful. Oh, but if you like sounds, alternative it's yeah. it's an alternative version of what could have happened and it's oh. not just more but he he's a friend who is an astronaut and they they talked at great length. There's interviews up there about yeah. what they thought was going to happen in NASA. In the 1970s, and what didn't happen? A lot of the money went into the space shuttle program. Yes. If that hadn't happened, if that money hadn't gone to the space shuttle program, there would have been a base on the moon. Ah, oh, that's fascinating. So they go down that route instead. And Ronald D. Moore is the Star Trek connection. So yeah, it would definitely be up your alleyway if you have a chance to catch it. Yeah,
0: oh, I must, I must, I must check it out. So, number three. The enemy within. Oh yes. Oh, I love this episode so much. I mean, and and I'm and I'm glad I'm glad that there is well, there is there is another early track uh, in the in the top three as well. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that two episodes of early track made it into the top three, which shows mm. how like even though early tre- early track has its flaws, but it's still really good. And the enemy within is just. So over the top. It's a blast. So ridiculous. Yeah. It was so enjoyable. I just loved this episode so much. It was just Shatner was hilarious in it. I am Captain Kirk. I... oh it's so bad. It's so bad. I love it. Yeah, that's that's the enemy within. It's you know there's there's not a lot to be said about it other than it's so stupid but it's and, just so watchable and just yeah and I wonder if like the fact that the Be Me machine or the transporter I'm transporter. called by its proper name uh, the fact that it is able to split people into various degrees of their emotional states mm-hmm. I wonder if that has ever had ramifications in future Trek or are they just like yeah, it's early track. We had a lot of really trippy concepts, which may or may not break the universe. So we'll just, we'll move just, on. we'll just, we'll just call it an anomaly and move on.
1: I think, in defence of the episode as well, and I mean it is a lot of fun, but I think I think it does make a very good point about the fact that neither version of Kirk was correct. It's that thing of yes, he does need that darker side, killer to instinct. He needs the kill. Yeah. He needs that there. And I suppose for all the fun of it and the, the real just over the top ness of it. Yeah. I think there's a pretty heart there too. Like I like that that you, there is a point there. Oh yeah, oh definitely. What, yeah, you know, there's more yeah. to it than just aye, it is, yeah.
0: Much. No, 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 yeah. no, you're right. Yeah. And I and that's and that exploration of how Yeah, yeah, you you do you need you need that spark, but if that spark is allowed to rain, to dominate. then you run into a, a, a different a different set of problems. Yep. Um so yeah, great episode. Number two, the Carbamite maneuver. Ah, okay,
1: that's your number two, right? Okay.
0: Yes. Weird as hell. The cube at the start is just so trippy. This is a very trippy episode exploration they're doing what they're supposed to be doing they're out probing on the edge of space and they find something weird and i love the the whole concept of the of the poker gambit of you know we're gonna blow you up it's like oh don't blow us up we have something on board which will blow you up even more and just that thing of uh, you know it, it it showed how spock and how spock and kirk differ where spock is you know the, the the logical idea is chess and he's like well no we are outmatched therefore we lose and kirk says not chess poker and he makes the carbamite maneuver a bluff an absolute bluff and but then not only that not only does the bluff work but the twist ending is just fantastic that it turns out, first of all, the dude on the screen was actually a puppet. Second of all, it's just this little lonely spaceman. Just this little guy chilling out in his ship going, yeah, I, I'm lonely. I, I, I want somebody to teach me about the, their part of the universe. I'm like, this is so cool. And it's, yeah, like I loved how it didn't have to be a threat I I loved how it didn't have to be oh we're shaken by this you know it's it, you know they all got to the end of it going that was actually a lovely encounter you know and and a little and little clint Howard little clint hired takes him by the hand and shows him around the 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 spaceship I love it it's just wonderful episode really really enjoyed it
1: I uh, I mean it's absolutely one of my favorites as well and again the thing is that was the third episode produced, but it was like yeah. the first one done that year. Like the, It was a year after the pilot, yes. the second pilot. So that was, in many ways, that's the first episode of Star Trek yeah. as we know it. They're in the uniforms. Yes. The whole cast is there. And that's how they started.
0: Yeah. As opposed to the cage was Star Trek, but not as we know it. Boom. Hey! <laughs> I see what you did. And speaking of seeing what I did or what I didn't do... Have you worked out what my number one is? Yes. Yes. I have it
1: here in front of me. I'm looking on Memory Alpha and uh, yeah, go number ahead. Number
0: 1, Balance of Terror. Ah. Oh, this again, I mean I said it then, I'll say it now. This episode is quintessential Star Trek. This is what I think of... I mean, as much as the carbamite is a number... is is a very close second, because that too is what I think of when I think of Star Trek. We find some bizarre thing out in space and it turns out to be something different and there's a lot of, who? what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Balance of Terror is this, but two ships dueling in space. This is what nice. I think of when I think of Star Trek. And I'm, I was really intrigued that the Romulans pipped the Klingons by quite quite a margin with regards quite a margin,
1: yeah
0: yeah uh yeah like the the klingons were in there at number nine and um, balance of terror number one the the fa- yeah because i i think why um i think why this one very much outshone the klingon episode was and, and this was something that frank pointed out as well was just you know the whole warlike nature of the klingons And, you know, like, Kor walks into the room going, yeah, you've heard our very fierce reputation and all of it is true. You know, like, they're all about the fierceness and the ferocity. And at least at this point in what I have seen of Klingons, obviously I know Worf later, but, like, thinking chronologically of what I have seen, this is all... That um, the captain of the Romulan ship is so much more relatable. You know, you could... You could have an entire episode from his perspective. You could show this episode from his perspective. And it's, yeah, it's really, really good. Kirk and the Romulan captain trying, I can't remember his name, uh, trying to outsmart each other. And that is pure and utter Star Trek.
1: His name actually is never given. I'm looking on. That's what I was of, yeah, thinking. It just says yeah, Romulan Com- it doesn't. They don't give that character a name. He's just down as Romulan Commander. The Mark Leon. Leonard is the actor. Mark yes. Leonard's giving a fantastic performance. Yeah. Um. But again, I I've, I can see why it would be your number one. I agree completely. It's a fantastic episode. It's like a if it, if you take out the science fiction, it's like a submarine drama. It's like, where are they? They're out there. What's happening? Yeah. It's like it's just a real. Edge, It's real edge of the seat yeah. uh, television. And I agree as well. It's a stronger episode than the Klingon episode by by comparison because it's a real standalone story. It doesn't matter that you know the Klingons later because they come up. In the same way that Star Trek Discovery's first season was basically the Klingons the whole way through, Star Trek Picard's first season is all... The Romulans are there every week. Ah. So it doesn't matter. It's just a standalone story that pulls you... In.
0: yes exactly yeah yeah like it doesn't even matter that the romulans if you know it could have been anybody else on that other ship if it was written that way it was yeah. it was just excellent cool. so yeah that is my ranking of season one of star trek and off to a good start yes absolutely a start <laughs> wreck shall we say
1: that didn't work. That was that terrible. Didn't
0: work. I apologize that for that. Work. I retract it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe stricken from the record. Out of curiosity, out of curiosity, Michael, what are your what's your top five of season one?
1: Probably pretty much back to what yeah, back to kind of the ones that I had given. Like in terms of the first season, I would rate Space Seed obviously a much a much higher to be in my top five. Yeah, a lot of that comes from the reasons you said because it's it's Khan obviously, and and I have a lot of connections with the character as well from the movie. Um, I really like Sitting on the Edge of Forever. I think it's just for everything you said it's such a great time travel story. Love Joan Collins. Uh, just love everything about it. Love Shatner. Um, again, yeah. same thing. Oh, Devil in the Dark. Uh, again, that's yes. such a, that's quintessential Star Trek for money. Yeah, that was my number six. Yeah. It
0: was very close to yeah, making top might, five. I,
1: definitely. Um, again, I'm yeah. just looking at the list here. I suppose I didn't originally suggest uh Enemy would then, when I was predicting your top, but I think it's if it's not in my top five, it's pretty damn close. I love it for Shatner's performance, yeah, but I love it also for that depth. I mentioned I like that idea that it yes. makes a point about you can't obliterate your darker instincts, you need it sometimes, yeah. you need a killer instinct sometimes, yes, just don't let it overwhelm you. Um, and beyond that, yeah. I think we're in very much agreement as regards things like alternative factor. Sure, leave tomorrow is <laughs> yesterday. They really oh, are man. the only three episodes I can say I dislike. Yeah, you have them in your bottom five, yeah. so you obviously don't yeah. have great love for them either. <laughs> and I think your middle yeah. ten, very similar to what I would say like, Man Trap is fine, you know, it's been bottom, it's outside your, but it's it's never, I've never understood why that would be the opening episode of the series. Mm. What NBC were doing, but I'm frequently
0: bewildered by the choices. Yeah, what make. what were they yeah. thinking? It's almost you know, it's almost as if the show went on to be one of the biggest things ever. What were they thinking? But they
1: cancelled it because it wasn't getting ratings. <laughs> and it's also <laughs> weird because it's also a McCoy episode, and I love McCoy, but he's not yeah. heavily featured in any of the other early episodes. So why yeah, did they think that's very true? Let's pick an episode
0: about. It's like, the like it doctor. sets him up to be bigger than he yeah, actually you're is. Like,
1: oh, this is a TV show about a doctor on a spaceship, and then you tune in the following week yeah. and you are like. He doesn't have any lines this week. What was, you know, you know he's only there yeah. in the final scene yeah. at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, so City of Legend Forever would be top for me. Enemy. Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, my top five is inside your top 10, I think, except for Space Seed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I am. Um, th- thoroughly looking forward to watching more Trek. Mm. At the moment though, if you're if you're listening to this soon after this is released, I will be taking a little break from uh, Star Trek for a while but I mean hopefully if you're in the future discovering this, making a <clears throat> Star Trek discovery, <laughs> you're making a first contact with this podcast, then you may have loads of seasons way ahead of you right right there going oh what's he talking about he's being very dramatic he's he's already made season two well if not if you're living in the time before season two then please let me know on twitter and let me know what you think and if you want a season two well i mean i will i'll be making a season two but if you want it sooner rather than later let me know and uh yeah we can go from there Michael, any final thoughts on this Season 1? Um, well,
1: half on Season 1, half on Season 2. I'll start with Season 2 because as you're talking there, I was looking at the list for Season 2 in front of me here on Memory Alpha, which I find very useful. And yeah, the sooner you get to it, you'll, you, you've, you've definitely got some gems ahead of you in Season 2 when you get to Excellent. it. For Season 1, I suppose my final thoughts is this has been really enjoyable. It's really good fun for me, a veteran Star Trek fan, I suppose, to vicariously re-experience season one through the eyes of a newbie, because, of course, it's all pretty much new to you. Um, and it's been really yeah. interesting to see at the end of the day that what you like tends to be what I like, tends to be what I think most Star Trek fans like, and what you didn't like the same. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it shows, it reaffirms my belief, and I do believe this, that Star Trek is timeless. It's it's like it's one of those television series, yeah, um, that will will just transcend the decades. It's it.
0: Yeah, it has aged particularly well.
1: In the same way that we all know who Charles Dickens was, and we all know yeah. who Arthur Conan Doyle was, and if you want to go back further to Shakespeare, but I really do believe that it's one of those things that'll just transcend. It connects with people more than mm. you know most TV series of the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, whatever. So it's good to see that a newbie will reaffirm those beliefs and go, oh, these are the episodes I like. And that's the same as people were saying 40 and 50 years
0: ago. And on that note, folks, we shall leave it there for season one of Star Trek, of the original series of Star Trek, and indeed, season one of Where Many Have Gone Before. And as they haven't yet said in Star Trek yet because they haven't said it yet but I'm going to say it now because it's the thing to say I suppose live long and prosper thanks for listening folks once again please rate us on Apple Music or subscribe on Spotify or wherever your podcast listening place of choice is you can indeed find Mr Michael Letty at Riker Donegal on Twitter, Instagram and all sorts of places You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube at John D. Ruddy. This podcast is now indeed on YouTube, which is very exciting. Over at John D. Ruddy Does Stuff. Go over and subscribe. Or if you're listening to this now on YouTube, then hey, please subscribe. Or thanks and like and hit the bell icon and all of that. Once again, this podcast is made possible by my supporters on Patreon. If you wish to support this podcast, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash John D. Ruddy. As part of the YouTube channel, I am doing some artwork based on the show to go alongside the visuals and to go alongside the visuals. And I will be doing up prints of them and I'll be taking a poll on Patreon. So whichever image you just want to see printed the most. I'll get it done out and I will send them to all of my patrons. If there is someone out there, if they're a massive Star Trek fan and they want to live vicariously through someone who has somehow managed to not see the original series. Or if they're absolutely new to Star Trek and they want to watch the show alongside me, you can also do that. Well, obviously not in real life, but like, you can watch the two episodes that I'm about to talk about and then go and listen to what I have to say about it. So yeah. Share this podcast and let people know the good news. This podcast was hosted by John D. Ruddy with special guest Mr. Michael Letty. It was produced and edited by John D. Ruddy and the theme tune is by John D. Ruddy. And as they say in the world of Star Trek, live long and black lives matter.